Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Tuesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button, and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So, from Atlanta and the Braves franchise, I'm sure like the rest of all of us who love baseball, it's been an exciting few days. Even if you're still disappointed in the Braves fan base and the Braves franchise, you're disappointed, obviously, that you're not playing. It's hard to deny that the last few days have been exciting. If you go back a few days ago, I think that anyone would have been surprised if you would have been told that both the National League Championship Series and the American League Championship Series were going to go seven games. But yet, that's what we witnessed on Monday night and what we're going to see again on Tuesday night. In terms of the ALCS, it's the Rangers. In a series where the road team won each of the seven games, the Rangers with an 11-4 victory, they have punched their ticket to the 2023 World Series. And if you thought the Rangers beating the Astros was a surprise, you may even more be more surprised that the Diamondbacks were able to force a Game 7, a 5-1 victory over the Phillies in Citizens Bank Park, which has become, in my opinion, one of the best home postseason advantages in all of sports. The, the Phillies were 6-0 going into last night at Citizens Bank Park in this year's playoffs, but the Diamondbacks were able to get the job done. So you're going to see a Game 7 in the National League Championship Series to see which team from the National League, the Phillies or the Diamondbacks, will eventually face the Rangers. But of course, when it comes to the Braves, yes, still plenty of disappointment that they are not the ones right now trying to punch their ticket to the World Series. But the good news is, is that with each passing day, as we get to the World Series, each passing day passes by, we'll get to the offseason when we'll start to once again see some potential moves, some news, see how the Braves are going to approach their offseason to improve the team for 2024 and beyond. And as I mentioned last week, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the comments that General Manager Alex Anthopoulos made when it came to his end-of-the-year press conference with the Atlanta media, looking back on the Braves' season as a whole, the playoff series, how it could shape the offseason. We looked at a few interesting tidbits in, in last week's Daily Hammer, but without a doubt, one of the things that certainly stand out from Alex Anthopoulos' press conference is that it certainly seems as if pitching is going to be a primary focus for this offseason as it should be. And Alex Anthopoulos was asked that directly during his press conference a few Fridays ago. 
Alex, notwithstanding at, at one point in the season, we were looking at like eight deep starting rotation you guys had. But it's two years in a row you've gone into the division series with serious questions about your rotation because of, I mean, you got one guy's going to be 40 next year if he comes back. Max, as great as he is, two years in a row he's had ailments. I mean, he's not the biggest, strongest guy. Um, and then Elder just ran out of gas. Is this the off season where maybe given where you guys are, as an elite team, do you have to go out and maybe add a frontline starter? You haven't done that in a while here. Really, really a guy in his prime, a frontline starter. Yeah, I mean, so I'll answer both sides. So the frontline starter piece, uh, I feel like 2020 offseason, Charlie Morton ended up being that, you know, we added that frontline starter. I think when we signed him, I don't think I said we're getting a frontline starter, but, you know, we gave him pretty good con- contract in what our minds was a good contract. And he was our game one starter throughout the playoffs all the way DSCS World Series, he was, I mean, his performance in 21 was frontline, and we went out and got him, and he was the target, and we did early. So in terms of age of that player, bottom line is we got a front-of-the-rotation guy that slotted Max down to two, Ian Anderson down to three, and so on. Because Anderson was our two-starter, you know, in 2020, we had Max as our one, Ian as our two. We did sign Charlie, and he slotted everybody else down. I think all your points that you brought up about the ailments, two years in a row going into the postseason with um, some things that have come up with the rotation, I think extremely fair. I wouldn't argue with any of you know the fact that, look, those are the facts. There's no doubt about it. We had a great season, but there's no doubt we were definitely banged up. Um, in terms of how that would shape or influence our offseason, I think same thing is I'm going to be very uh, guarded with uh, our potential offseason plans. One, we're clearly not even there yet. This is less than 24 hours. Um, but look, I, I think that that's fair. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's those are real things. Those are real things that that did, did occur two years in a row and something we're definitely going to. So the term frontline starter is quite interesting when it comes to that segment um, of Alex Anthopoulos' press conference. And, you know, Alex Anthopoulos mentioned it himself. You know, when we consider a frontline starter, yeah, you certainly think of an ace. You think of a pitcher that is in the top five of the Cy Young voting year in and year out. That seems to be what a frontline starter is. But in Alex Anthopoulos' perspective, it's someone that can consistently take the ball against the opposition's best, best pitchers during the regular season and also give me that number one or two guy in a playoff series and can consistently get the job done. He used Charlie Morton as an example, and it was a great example throughout the 2021 season. In the second half when the Braves needed Charlie Morton and Max Reed to step up for them to make the playoffs, and then in the playoffs when they needed Charlie Morton and Max Reed to step up for them to be able to win the World Series. Charlie Morton, I don't think anyone before he signed with the Braves would have really considered him a frontline starter, but yet that is what he performed to the level of to help the Braves win the 2021 World Series. So when we talk about frontline starter, we're talking about an ace-level pitcher. Well, the good news is the Braves have that type of pitcher. They have two of them. Spencer Strider and Max Reed. And I think the Braves, with confidence, would take the duo of Max Reed and Spencer Strider and would confidently say they feel that duo can match up well against any other duo in baseball when it comes to a playoff series. Now, this past year's NLDS, you may not think that the results back that up, but they actually do. In the three games that Spencer Strider Max and Max Reed pitched, 
Strider in Game 1, Freed in Game 2, Strider in Game 4. Max Freed and Spencer Strider did their jobs. They may not necessarily have been dominant, but they did their jobs in terms of giving the Braves a chance to win. When they exited the game, the Braves were within a few runs of the Phillies in each of those three games. And the Braves had the opportunity in Games 1 and Game 4 to score runs and potentially tie the game or take the lead. They couldn't get the job done in Game 2 they did. So when it comes to frontline starters, the Braves actually have a couple of them at the top of their rotation. And in this past year's playoff, that combination did their job. But so when it comes to how the Braves could focus on the offseason, and will they focus on potentially adding another frontline starter, I think the better way to describe it is a reliable starter. And when I say reliable starter, I think it's an arm that could help out in multiple ways, both in the regular season as well as the postseason. Now, does that reliable starter come back in the form of Charlie Morton, who unfortunately was not available in the NLDS because of an injured finger that he suffered on his pitching hand towards the end of the year? Charlie Morton will be 40 next year. Of course, we know that, you know, in today's game, in the modern game, you know, pitchers at the age of 40, they can still be highly effective. But do the Braves feel that Charlie Morton at 40 years old is going to be worth the $20 million option that the Braves will have to decide on within five days of the World Series? That's yet to be seen. I think there's pros and cons. There's reasons for and reasons against the Braves exercising that option. But even if they don't exercise that option, if Charlie Morton wants to continue to play, I definitely think it's worthwhile to bring him back as a member of the rotation. But in terms of going out and trying to find another rotation piece that could come in and could be reliable, I definitely think that should be at the top of the Braves list. Not necessarily an ace-type pitcher. Not necessarily, you know, going out and, and you know, a try, uh, um, signing a Blake Snell or someone of that level of pitching. But a reliable starter that you can trust that, for instance, in a playoff setting, you can trust to be able to go through an opposing lineup multiple times and keep the Braves within striking distance or keep the Braves within the game once that starter leaves the game. You know, we thought that we had that in the first half of the season in Bryce Elder. And while Bryce Elder, I think, definitely remains a good option for the rotation in the regular season, his stuff may not necessarily translate that well to future playoffs. So when it comes to how the Braves should focus on pitching this offseason, I definitely think another reliable starter should be at the top of their list. And when it comes to traits of that reliable starter that the Braves should focus on, it's someone that they feel in a playoff setting they can rely on to work through an opposing lineup multiple times. If the Braves can go into the 2024 playoffs with Spencer Strider as well as Max Reed and another reliable starter that they know could work through an opposing lineup multiple times, that's going to be much easier for Brian Snicker and his staff to then be able to utilize the bullpen in the most effective way to limit the opposition's productivity. So yes, the Braves should definitely focus on a reliable starter, a reliable option that in the postseason setting, when we're talking about this Braves team making moves in the offseason that is purely focused on generating better postseason success, getting another arm that you can trust going through opposing lineups multiple times like you trust Strider and you trust Freed, that definitely is a trait to look for. But along with what that reliable arm can do in the postseason, you also would love to have a, another option in your starting rotation that you know can go out and get you five, six, seven innings every start. Again, it doesn't have to be dominant. 
every start, but you can go out and you can get an arm that can go five, six, seven innings and keep the Braves in the game. We had that for much of the season in Charlie Morton. We had that in the first half of the season with Bryce Elder. But if the Braves can find another reliable starting option this offseason, one of the big benefits that that allows for is it allows for the bullpen to remain better rested. Now, I think the Braves' bullpen did just fine in this year's playoffs. But one notable trend that stands out over the past few years is that the Braves' bullpen was more heavily heavily utilized this season than it had been over the past couple of seasons. During the 2021 and 2022 regular seasons, the Braves were 23rd in the majors in terms of the amount of innings that their bullpens pitched. The lower you are on that list, you know, finishing 23rd, 24th, that's actually good. That means that the Braves use their bullpen less than other teams. And that's a good trend because when you look at the teams that have made the World Series or when you look at the teams that have been in the playoffs and have advanced in the playoffs over the past several seasons, it's been the teams that have used their bullpens the least during the regular season. In other words, a fresh bullpen definitely is a nice advantage to advance in the playoffs. Well, the Braves had that advantage in 2021. They had it lined up for them in 2022. But this year, while the Braves had finished 23rd in 2021 and 2022 in the amount of bullpen innings that their um, bullpen pitched during the regular season, they were 17th this year, meaning that they had to utilize their bullpen more often because they did not get as many innings from their starting staff. So going out and finding another reliable option for the rotation, not necessarily to the level of a Spencer Strider or a Max Reed, but a reliable arm that not only can get you five, six, seven innings per start, but also can be an option that can work through an opposing lineup multiple times in the playoffs and can do it at a level that at least keeps the Braves in the game. That should be priority number one, in my opinion, in the offseason for the Braves. But how exactly do the Braves look to acquire that type of option? And not only for 2024, but also potentially beyond when it can become even more critical to have that type of option in the starting rotation. There are a couple of ways the Braves can do it, and it definitely includes some notable ways that Alex Anthopoulos has looked to acquire talent in the past. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So in terms of the moves that the Braves are looking to make, this offseason. As Alex Anthopoulos mentioned during his end-of-the-year press conference, he mentioned that one good thing going into next year is that much of the Braves team that we've seen over the past few years, it's going to be in place for 2024. But of note, there are a few notable names in the Braves pitching staff that 2024 could be their last year in Atlanta. And the big thing is, is that these two names arguably have been the most, you know, stable or reliable option for the Braves in the rotation and their bullpen over the past four or five years. That, of course, is Max Freed in the starting rotation and A.J. Minter in the bullpen. Both pitchers are entering their final year of control, final year of arbitration for the Braves. And without either one of them having agreed to a long-term deal yet with Atlanta, it certainly seems as if both have some incentive to test the free agent market next offseason, which can make an extension now with Atlanta less than likely. However, Alex Anthopoulos was directly asked about what potential could be there when it comes to Max Reed and, and, and an extension this offseason. Here's what Alex Anthopoulos had to say. Alex, we know, we know how you operate, and I'm looking ahead here, maybe too far ahead, but could you foresee some extension conversations with Max, like, Based on what you've gathered, does that seem like something both sides would be interested in now that you're in that kind of one-year range? Yeah, so same thing. I know you got to ask. So I, I'm trying to find a way to give you a new quote. Um, so same thing. Um, great players like Max Fried and others, we want to keep those guys. Everybody in the league would want to keep those guys. That goes without saying. Uh, when it comes to contracts, extensions, this and that, we work real hard. Um, that no one even knows we've had a conversation, you know, and I'm not trying to misdirect or, or foreshadow or any of that, but um, I would never assume that we have had or have not had a conversation with anybody. Uh, Cause I would think by and large um, our extensions haven't been discussed beforehand. Maybe, maybe a few, but for the most part, I think, Barring an exception or two, uh, they've been people were aware of them when they were announced, or maybe within a few hours, or maybe a day or two. Um, so, look, um, anybody going into their free agent year, it's going to be a topic. It's going to be asked about. Of course, I expect that. Um, you know, and it's, I think it's just the same thing. We love the great players. Who doesn't? Um, and any contract talks, we work really hard to keep those extremely quiet. So the idea of extending Max Reed has certainly been a topic we're discuss worth discussing over the past few seasons. If you go back 15 months ago to the to July August area of the regular season in 2022, you know, we saw extensions for Austin Riley, Michael Harris as well as Spencer Strider. But when that Spencer Strider extension occurred, 
with him having six years of control left, but the Braves went ahead and extended him over those six years, it was a bit surprising that it was not Max Freed. Instead, they got the extension, with the fact that at the time, Freed had a little over two years of control left. Well, there are definitely pros and cons as to why Max Freed did or did not get that extension. Obviously, he did not, but the Braves certainly had some different things to consider when looking to give him an extension. Sure, with the fact that the Braves ha have experienced, unfortunately, over the past 18 months, the Braves have experienced a lot of injuries to options they thought would be long-term options for the rotation. Extending Max Reed to go with Spencer Strider, that could be an awesome combination to lead the starting rotation for years to come. But with Freed this past year, you had him miss multiple months of the season due to a bit of a scare when it came to his forearm. You know, could that potentially down the road be an avenue to where he could be at higher risk for Tommy John surgery? That's something to definitely consider. And also, with the success that Max Freed has had over the past several seasons, when it comes to a potential extension for him, you know, we've seen similar pitchers in terms of production get six, seven years, well over $150 million. Carlos Rodon, you know, last offseason signed a six-year, I believe, $162 million deal with the Yankees. You could easily see Max Reed having a valid reason to want to go after that type of money in a contract. That typically is higher than Alex Anthopoulos will go for an extension. We know that he definitely has enjoyed putting a lot of money into his position players. But we also know the reason why he hasn't extended a lot of pitchers is due to the risk that comes with pitchers. So if he has not extended Max Reed to this point, it definitely seems as if the reason why is because there may be some long-term concerns of, you know, could Max Reed potentially be an injury risk long-term? So there are pros and cons to potentially extending Max Reed this offseason. But at the end of the day, it's it's hard to deny. And, you know, Alex Anthopoulos said himself, you know, you're not going to know what conversations we have more likely than not. But it's hard to imagine that there haven't been some type of conversations between the Braves and Max Reed about a potential extension. But at the end of the day, Max Reed is one year away and one more productive season away from being able to potentially see if he could cash in and get in the upper 100 million area when it comes to a free agent contract. So Max Reed has plenty of incentive to not necessarily be looking for an extension this offseason and look to test the free agent market next year. AJ Minter, in a lot of similar ways, is in the same boat. But specifically focused on the starting rotation in Max Reed, obviously if Freed a year from now is wanting to test the free agent market, that leaves a big hole in the Braves rotation. And for a team that is definitely looking to compete for at least the rest of this next decade, for multiple years into the future, losing that pitcher, the caliber of Freed, that's going to be a big blow and a potential big hole to fill. Now, in terms of what the Braves have for the future when it comes to their starting rotation, again, when it comes to number ones around baseball, you know, Alex Anthopoulos called Spencer Strider a one called him a bulldog for his performance in the playoffs. The Braves have one of the best aces in baseball for years to come when it comes to Spencer Strider. 
They also have a few notable names in A.J. Smith-Shaver as well as Hurston Waldrop that could potentially be frontline starters as long-term starting rotation mates with Spencer Strider. So the Braves do have not only an established option that compares favorably to what a lot of other teams have as their ace, but they also have a few intriguing starting pitchers that could become frontline level starters in the future. But that's a couple of years away. I definitely think that Smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop are more than a year away from them actually being looked at as being a frontline starter. Outside of Max Reed, you have Bryce Elder, who has shown that he can be a very good pitcher during the regular season, but is he someone that could be that in the postseason? I think a question remains. I definitely think that Bryce Elder is a reliable option over the next several years to give you 150, 175, 3.50 ERA, 4.0 ERA level pitching in the regular season. So you've got some, some definite pieces to work with when it comes to the Braves' rotation for the future, even if Max Reed were to test a free agent market a year from now. But as I mentioned, for reasons of wanting to have another reliable arm for the postseason, for the reason of wanting to have another reliable starter for the regular season so you don't use your bullpen as much, the Braves have every reason to want that reliable arm to be controlled for multiple years. And the good thing is is that when it comes to how the Braves could potentially look to acquire that type of arm. Again, that arm doesn't necessarily have to be an ace-level pitcher right now, but a reliable arm that's controlled for multiple years that could turn into a potential frontline-level starter, the Braves do have a couple of different ways they can do it. Now, number one, obviously, they could free up the money that they could potentially allocate towards Charlie Morton if they decline his option that could give them some money to work with to maybe go out and find another starting pitcher that you take on a short-term deal, maybe a one- to two-year deal. You have them on that one- to two-year deal, and then after that, you keep on having short-term deals with them, kind of like the Braves and Manage Morton. Because without a doubt, one thing that the Braves have to their advantage, when it comes to older pitchers or when it comes to pitchers who it makes sense for them to be on short-term deals, the Braves are one of the best destinations in baseball for pitchers who want deals like that. For pitchers who, or especially veteran pitchers, who see the value in going short-term in terms of contracts, it's hard to find many other better options than what the Braves can provide. So the Braves are going to be an attractive destination for quality veteran pitchers who the Braves can get on short-term deals. That's one way the Braves could potentially find a reliable arm over the next year or two to help mitigate the fact that they could lose Max Freed. But the other thing that I think stands out is that even though the Braves may not necessarily have a lot of highly thought-of prospects throughout you know, the different systems that rate prospects in baseball, I definitely think that the Braves can put together an intriguing combination of position player talent that could lead to the Braves getting that young, yet reliable, controllable type arm for the rotation. Because the Braves have two prospects in my mind that stand out as potentially being a, a foundation of a trade package for a pitcher that could be attractive to many other teams. For one, you've got Vaughn Grissom who we all know performed very well at the minor league level this past season. But in terms of where he fits in with the Braves, unless the Braves look to make him a potential left fielder, he doesn't really have that clear of a path to the majors with all of the Braves' infield positions locked up by players for likely multiple seasons into the future. 
So Von Grissom obviously becomes, you know, a, a potential piece to use in a trade package for a pitcher. Another prospect that I think could definitely make sense to put in a trade package is Drake Baldwin. Now, I'm not a, a catching prospect for the Braves from a couple years ago that's continued to progress very well at the minor league level. I don't necessarily think that Baldwin is among the best catching prospects in baseball, but I definitely do, do think he could have a future as a catcher. And with the Braves having Sean Murphy locked up long-term at the catching position, you know there are plenty of other options. There are plenty of other teams always looking for notable catching prospects. Baldwin could be that type of prospect that could be an attractive option in a trade package for other teams. And then after that, you know, if you've got Vaughn Grissom and you've got Drake Baldwin as part of the package, do you add a Spencer Swellenbach? With his, you know, two-way ability that a lot of teams seem to covet in terms of pedigree, could you include a Smith Shaver or a Waldrop in a trade package? I don't necessarily think the Braves are looking to do that. But my point is, is that even though the Braves still are at the near the bottom of a lot of, you know, team prospect ranking lists, they can put together, in my opinion, a notable trade package that could attract multiple teams when it comes to engaging in conversations that could lead to the Braves acquiring a notable pitcher that they can control for multiple years. So at the end of the day, yes, without a doubt, the Braves are going to have several different decisions to make when it comes to filling out their pitching staff for 2024. But in terms of what the priority should be on that pitching staff, a reliable arm that you know could potentially be there to help you out in the postseason that could go through an opposing line at multiple times, that's a trait you're looking for. An arm that could, you know, effectively give you five, six, seven innings every start to make there be less innings on your bullpen. That's another trait to look for. And can that reliable option for the rotation, does it have control for multiple years? Because you don't know what potentially is going to happen with Max Reed. That's a third trait to look forward to. Now, that is a very valuable commodity to find in baseball. But the big key is, is that I think that the Braves are more prepared than some may think this or this offseason to find that option and make that move comfortably without it making any, you know, truly big impact on their future. Whether it be through them going in, you know, another route like they have done with Charlie Morton in the past, a short-term deal with a veteran, you know, that, that's, you know, in his mid-30s, but has been effective in the past. If the Braves were to go that route, that could allow for them to be able to not make a long-term commitment, but you've got a reliable arm over the next few seasons that could really be a benefit to your starting rotation. Or if the Braves wanted to go younger and they wanted to get a highly intriguing arm to add to their starting rotation that's more in line age-wise with the Braves' core, they have a trade package, I think, that could lead to that type of acquisition. So plenty of options are out there for the Braves to explore. The good thing is I think there's multiple ways in which they can get the job done. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on The Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you check out all the great content at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. Daily Hammer.